The Broncos get a much-needed win, 24-15 over the Arizona Cardinals. Hello, and thank you for joining us here for Broncos Post Game Live. Alongside Nick Ferguson and Todd Davis, I am Phil Milani. The Broncos snapped their five-game losing streak. Todd, what would you think? I thought it was a great win for the Broncos. I thought all around uh, they played pretty good football. Um, the, the whole week it was a talk about Quentin McCoy versus uh, Britt Rippon, but I knew it was going to be a ground game, and the Broncos came out on top. Uh, Latavius Murray was able to run the ball really well, control the game. That's what gave the Broncos their win. So it was a great win for the Broncos. Let's keep it rolling. See, for me, I looked at this game like a preseason game, right? This was an excellent opportunity for the coaches to get a lot of players in the game that didn't really have a lot of playing time this season, but also work on the ground game, something that the Broncos have been trying to do all season long, haven't worked to perfection to this point. Today, it was spectacular. Latavius Murray, in my mind, solidified his position on this team. I know he's an unrestricted free agent after the end of the season, but based on the performance today, he definitely needs to be in a Broncos uniform come 2023. 24 carries, 130 yards uh, for Latavius Murray. I mean, that was tremendous. Uh, but he is getting up there. I think he's been in the league for a long time now. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what, uh, what his future in uh, orange and blue looks like. Uh, Dodd, do you put a lot of weight into this, though? I mean, it was the Arizona Cardinals. You mentioned it. Their backup quarterback, Colt, got hurt in this game. So it was Trace McSorley coming in. They were 4-9 and nine coming in. How much stock do you put in this? I think it's a great win because it gives the team energy and momentum. I don't put a lot of stock um, in this particular game. You know, the backup, backup came in and they were able to get a win. Before that, they were down 9-3 to three and they didn't have much momentum. I think his Colts going out was really what sparked the game and allowed the, the offense to turn around the running game to start picking up momentum. So um, I think it's a great win. I don't know if this is the game-changing, season-changing win. Um, I do think every win builds momentum for next year. So I do think this attributes to that and gives momentum going into next year. And they can continue to stack wins. I think the, the Rams next week are going to be an opponent that they can get a win from as well. So just keep building, stacking wins, building momentum, getting ready for next year. Well, I may not put that much stock in the game. You, you do have to give them credit, right? They went out, they played the opponent that they, they was going to play, and you, you, you can't help but play who's on the schedule. Let's be totally honest. I mean, just like Todd said, you got the Rams next week. They're not playing great. Matthew Stafford is out. Their backup quarterback is banged up. You're going to get the same thing next week. But one thing I was happy about, the guys continue to go out and compete. And that's the one thing that you look for when the season is not going great and you're on your way out as far as the players are concerned. What guys are going to take the opportunity to really show the coaches what they're made of? And this offense didn't quit. And even Brett Rippon, he threw an interception, but he continued to play. So for me, I mean, I'm not going to wave the banner, but still I'm going to celebrate, pop some Martinelli's when I get home because this <laughs> is a Broncos victory. Hey, a win is a win, and it allows these guys, like you mentioned there, Nick, to celebrate a little bit. They've been putting in a lot of hard work here. Uh, let's get to the highlights, show you how things unfolded at Empower Field at Mile High. Russell Wilson uh, missing his second game of the season. The Broncos were down 9-3 in the third, but they turned to the running game. This Latavius Murray 35-yard run gave the offense a little bit of a spark. A few plays later, Marlon Mack finds the end zone, his first rushing touchdown as a Bronco, and Denver takes a 10-9 lead to move to the fourth quarter. It is the same score this time, it's Murray's turn to score. Murray, the first Bronco to have 100 yards rushing in a game this season. He uh, got to join the end zone party a little bit there. The defense played a heck of a game as well. A lot of turnovers in this one. 
uh, we mentioned. Colt McCoy out. It's Trace McSorley in there. Justin Simmons gets his second interception of the game, the fifth of the season. That ties a career high for him. And the Broncos didn't waste much time. Two plays later, good old Rick sells the play action there to Eric Tomlinson. His second career touchdown, and the Broncos go on to win. 24 to 15, the final. 324 yards of total offense. Talk about balance right there. Uh, more rushing yards, 168. That's the most for the Broncos this season. And uh, they uh, took control in the second half on the ground. Uh, guys, sometimes football, it feels like it could be a complicated sport, you know, like so, so much with the X's and O's and stuff. But, you know, when you see the O-line struggling to pass protect, like the way this Broncos team was, Brett Rippon sacked six times in that first half. You turn, just turn on the running game and good things will happen, right? Yes, exactly what happened today. Um, the Broncos' offense wasn't doing well. I think six sacks in the first half. They really couldn't couldn't block anybody. But I think as an old lineman, it's much easier to run block than it is to pass block. Um, and they were the schemes that they were using, I really loved. Clint, Clint Kubiak is, again, finding ways to put his team in the best position to win. Those talk cra talks cracks, getting your offensive lineman out on the DBs. You're talking about O-line versus DBs, 320 pounds versus 185 pounds. I'm taking those odds every time. And the Cardinals weren't doing anything to stop it. And if you don't want to stop it, we'll keep running it, run it down your throat, and that's what the Broncos did today. You know what's so interesting about what we, we saw today, and it was a different game plan and utilization of the offensive linemen. It was just like Todd said. They were pulling the offensive linemen. And when you're struggling, that is an excellent way to get your guys on track, something I thought we were going to see maybe early on in the season, but we didn't see it. But Hopefully this is a sign of things to come because when you're able to get those uh, big linemen out there and pulling, one thing we know as DBs, we can't shoot them low like we used to because there are rules in the NFL that's going to move the ball down the field. And this is why you should see more of this in the coming weeks, especially with Marlon Mack and Latavius Murray finally starting to get on track. Well, let's find out a little bit more about how the game changed in the second half for the Broncos. Head coach Nathaniel Hackett is at the podium. All right, injury report. Uh, Quinn, he had an eye, and uh, he went to the doctor. Looks like he's going to be day-to-day. -day. Uh, Darius Phillips has a hamstring. Tom Compton has a back. Yeah, Coach, you had both guards out for a while in the first half. What kind of adjustment did you make in the second half, especially – you know, blocking schemes and pass protection. I give a lot of credit to the coaching staff. I thought they did a fantastic job adjusting at halftime. Uh, we did have a couple guys go down, and we decided we need to run the ball. We challenged the offense to be able to step it up, and I thought they did it in a, in a very good way. We were able to run the ball continuously through that second half, and that's what we had to do to win the game. Obviously, after you know a five-game losing streak, nine of the last ten, just how good did it feel, given everything that you guys have been through, to just <laughs> put a win on the board feels great it feels great uh, this team has has had a lot of adversity this year uh, both through the injuries through the close games and it has been great to see them all stick together uh, fight for each other continually battle uh, we've been in so many games against a bunch of very good football teams and uh, we had another choice today I believe we were down nine three and, and those guys had another choice and they stepped up e even more we were both defense special teams and offense and that's what you love to see and that's what I appreciate from this team watching them out there down 9-3, I think 21 unanswered there. What did you see during that stretch? It seemed like 
complimentary football there with the turnovers. Uh, no doubt. Watching those guys run the ball was great. Latavius, I mean, he was on one today. Uh, he was over 100 yards. Marlon came in and had that great touchdown, I think, about from the three or four-yard line, great blocking. Uh, the tight ends were involved. The wide receivers were blocking when they were pinning on some ends. I mean, there, there was a lot of good. It, it, was, it, took all, it takes all 11 to run the football, and you really saw that. Brett was doing a great job, even with some of the things that had happened. He kept his composure, was able to get us in the proper place to be able to be effective, and uh, it, I thought the adjustments were great at halftime. And, that, and then the defense getting us the ball back and us punching it in there, that's what you want to see. Nate, you're right. Uh, just expanding on what you talked about at halftime, the six sacks in the first half, was that a factor of the injuries, their plan, both, and kind of how firm were you that, okay, you really need to run the ball in the second half? It was all of us together. We we had some injuries. We had some things that that's something that we we've had to deal with, and uh, but that's no excuse. You got to find a way to win a football game, and that's why I give so much credit to that that group, that offensive group that went out there and were able to run the ball and execute the plan that we decided to adjust to, and just the guys. You know, they just looked like a different team in that second half. Now, now we got a lot of room to improve. We got to do that right out the gate, uh, but it was great to see those guys come out and really get after it. Nate, I saw you after the uh, last touchdown chest bumping guys as they came off the field. Can you just take me through, this has been a tough season for you as well. What does this win mean for you personally? And secondly, who got game balls? Uh, every win means so much. Uh, like I had said, you know, the adversity that we have gone through, uh, and there's all kinds of different things, but, and we don't make any excuses. Uh, and it's hard to win in this league. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care if you're winning a lot of games, losing a lot of games. Uh, I've been doing this for a while, and uh, it, every game is difficult. And it presents its own challenges. And these guys have worked and stuck together, and that's what I've appreciated. So it's not about me. It's not, it's not about how much it means to me. It's about just our whole team together as a group. And, and uh, they deserve that win, and, and they fought for it, and it, it was a great team victory. And then uh, for us, uh, obviously, Justin Simmons with those two picks and Latavius Murray, I mean, he, he – he, I mean, he took that thing over. I mean, it was great to see. And um, I, I mean, just being able to run, I think we ran for about 170 yards. I mean, that's, that's a great feeling. That's a great feeling for the offense. Coach, back here, I got two for you. First, J.J. Watt, I guess, tied his best ever career game with three sacks all in the first half. Was part of the thinking, hey, we need to slow this guy down, let's get the ball out quick when we're not running it so that he doesn't set his own new personal record? <laughs> JJ's a very good football player. Uh, have a, being a Jacksonville for as long as I was, had a lot of nightmares uh, going against him. Had some more nightmares coming up this uh, this game, and I mean he's spectacular. He could take over a game at any time. Uh, we developed a plan to try try to contain him. It wasn't working, and I, I think that just the guys being able to adjust. Uh, to be able to try to limit him so he couldn't continually dominate was a great job by the offense and the staff. And then you guys get one final national TV game on Christmas, standalone game with what you've done the last couple of weeks. I guess how excited are you to maybe get some bad taste out of your mouth from, from some previous nationally televised games and, and have a good showing on Christmas? No doubt. You know, I, I'm going to enjoy this one right now, and we'll get ready to game plan for, for the Los Angeles Rams, another good football team. Every team is, is very good, and uh, we just need to keep getting better. we got to keep fighting for each other and, and go out there and play football. It doesn't matter if it's on national television or, or if it's not. Uh, it's about us executing and going out there and, and doing some good things. What did you think about Brett Reppin's performance, and did it impact your decision coming into next week on who's starting at quarterback? No, Russell's going to be playing uh, this next week, uh, but I thought Brett did a really good job. I think the thing that 
that I thought was really great was the pick happens. And, hey, that pick is on me. You know, I wanted him to be aggressive. He thought they jumped off sides. I gave him the, the ability to be able to be aggressive and go down the field on that one and throw the flag. And uh, it ended up being the turnover, so that's on me. And, and that again, he had a choice on how he's going to react. And uh, he was great. He just put it right, right aside, and he kept going out there and executing and put us in position uh, to win the football game, and he did a good job there. So uh, I thought Brett did a, was really good, especially after taking some of those sacks. He wasn't phased. He was, he was ready to go and wanted to keep throwing the ball. Coach, uh, Justin Simmons, two picks, like you mentioned. I mean, how does he continue to just kind of put his stamp on this league and, and this year coming back from injury and, and still getting to five picks for the third straight year? Yeah, I mean, Justin has been been great. I mean, he's a leader of this football team. Uh, I think that's probably the number one most important thing with Justin. Um, but to go out there and execute the way he has and, and have some adversity that he's had this year, uh, so some adversity that he hasn't experienced with, with the injuries and being out and out on IR, uh, but he's come back. And love how that whole back end is communicating. Watch them. Love watching just how they get organized with emotions, all those things. And I think that just shows how they are as a group, uh, how our defensive staff is putting them in the the best positions and they're going out there and executing it is great and just want to see Justin get some more picks. Coach, obviously Jerry Judy was the focal point early on and then throughout this game we saw him make more plays. What has he continually done to kind of just continue to improve and find consistency in his third year? Uh, he's done a great job understanding the system. We've moved his position around quite a bit. Uh, we move him around the field so that people can't get a beat on him. Uh, we've had a lot of different wide receivers out there. Uh, we saw Freddie Swain go out there and make a play, which was great to see. And Brandon Johnson and all those different guys are going in there. And um, I think Jerry's taking advantage of his knowledge of the system so that we can put him in different spots, whether it's the slot, whether it's the single, whether it's outside, inside, all over the place. And um, it just shows his football intelligence to be able to get a, be able to be moved around and, and find those sweet spots. He saw him in zone, find a couple. There wasn't a lot of man coverage. Looked like they were down some guys, so they played some more zone. Uh, but I give him a lot of credit for being able to uh, make some plays today. I think uh, Tomlinson's just about your only guy that's played in every game on offense this season. He's maybe not known as a pass catcher, but guys really seem to have a lot of respect for him. Uh, why is that, and, and how nice is it to be able to reward him with, with one? No doubt. We call him the Viking. Uh, I mean, he, he's the guy that, uh, I mean, he doesn't say anything. You know, his, his role, uh, he, he's primarily a run blocker and pass protector. Uh, he puts his head down every day, comes to work, uh, wants to know how he can do the, uh, the next blocking uh, pattern, never asks for catches or anything. And to see him, I know he caught one right over the ball. And then to be able to get that touchdown, something <laughs> funny, something we've been working uh, quite a bit. I think it's probably been in quite a bit of game plans. So to be able to let him have that touchdown is huge for a guy that keeps his head down, works every day, does everything that he can, doesn't talk much, just uses his play uh, to show the type of person he is, is, is something great to see. And when a guy like that gets a touchdown, I mean, it just rallies the whole group together. Thank you. The Viking got his second career touchdown today. Uh, the guys fired up for him there. Uh, we're back here on Broncos Post Game Live. I'm Phil Milani alongside Todd Davis and Nick Ferguson. Uh, what did you think about what he had to say about Brett Rippon there? I mean, uh, played a composed game, 21-26, a touchdown, interception, uh, and ultimately led this team to a win. I think he played well. I think it was uh, true what Coach said. He was very composed. Um, I think he did a great job of um, finding the wide open receivers when they are available. I think that, inter that interception was more of a heat check. Uh, the play right before that was the shovel pass to Marlon Mack, and he was feeling like, I got it. Let me go ahead and take a <laughs> shot. Took his heat check, that, you know, that wide open three in the corner and tried to take it. Didn't work out well for him, but I thought he came back. He responded well, um, and he played a great game overall. 
Yeah, this is the type of game that you want to play if you were, if you were definitely a backup. And, and once again, Brett Rippon is one of those 24 players on the Broncos roster who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And you're trying to decide, okay, well, do you try to bring Brett Rippon back? Is he starting to make those strides? Can he be an adequate backup behind Russell Wilson? He definitely proved that today, especially looking at having lack of wide receivers, sort of like the Russell Wilson situation. And, you know, being pummeled seven times, seven sacks, and you were hit nine times. I mean, these quarterbacks have to be tough, and both Rippon and Russell have proven that they are tough. So Rippon went out, and he just earned the respect, not just of his teammates, his coaching staff, but hopefully of Broncos country as well. How about J.J. Watt's game today, huh? I mean, this was we were talking, Todd, it was like a blast from the past. Three sacks, forced fumble. I mean, uh, this guy looked like a five years ago version of himself. Yeah, we were saying that him and Latavius Murray must have found the fountain of youth right before this game <laughs> because they both came and played like they did maybe five or six years ago. Um, he had a great game. He was really unstoppable, I think. Uh, Glasgow and uh, Wattenberg had a hard time, uh, you know, blocking him. So I think that's why they got into more of the, you know, toss He's getting those guys out in the perimeter, not having to worry about J.J. Watt because they couldn't block him, but he played great. Well, this whole thing with J.J. Watt, here's why it's important, because uh, Vance Joseph knew that, hey, there were some deficiencies on the Broncos' offensive line. Let's move J.J. around. Let's try to take advantage of that. And to me, you would like to see a little of that from the Denver Broncos moving some of those guys around. Draymond Jones didn't play in the game. I think he's on IR with a fractured hip. So what this tells me is when you start to create these game plans and these matchups, Find the one that you can definitely take advantage of and exploit it. And that's why J.J. Watt looked like he found the fountain of youth because he's playing against his makeshift offensive line. I don't want to take anything away from him, <laughs> but let's be totally honest. There was one time he was lined up outside and he ran this play, which is called a long stick, where he comes from the outside and he comes right across the face of Graham Glasgow and he sacks Brett Rippon. I mean, that was one of those plays where, hey, it was something vintage of J.J. Watts, but still he took advantage of a deficient offensive line. Well, the Broncos' answer to that was Latavius Murray. Uh, I, I wasn't taking a shot at him earlier. It's his 10th season <laughs> in the league, so but he it played one heck of a game. Uh, let's uh, hear more from field level and check in with our A-team. It's Alexis Perry and Eric Dallala. Thanks so much, Phil. Eric, a big team win here for the Denver Broncos. 24-15, the final score. The Broncos, they got off to a slow start, but really found the rhythm there in the second half. So what did you see offensively that really started to click for this team? Yeah, they ran the football. I think that's the biggest thing, a season high in rushing yards for the Broncos. They relied on their ground game. Brett Rippon, he got knocked around in the first half. I think seven first-half sacks. J.J. Watt had three of them. They decided we're not going to let that happen in the second half. Really dedicated themselves to the ground game, and it paid off. Yeah, we really stood out about Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack here. Yeah, I mean, both guys, they uh, they just found holes, and they, they played physical. Latavius would break through a couple times, and, you know, he might not have the burst he did earlier in his career, but he's still got enough to get going. First 100-yard rusher of the season for the Broncos. An impressive effort by him, and the Broncos don't win without Latavius Murray or Marlon Mack. Yeah, Brett Rippon had a solid performance as well. What does this effort from him say about, you know, who he is as a player and just how prepared he is heading into games like these? Yeah, he stayed in it. Obviously, yeah. wasn't a perfect game. Yeah, that pick there that I'm yep. sure he'd love to have back. But also, you know, he scrambled a couple of times. He found Eric Tomlinson there in the end yep. zone with a great play fake. 
Um, he did what you want your backup quarterback to do, and he didn't, you know, with the exception of that interception, didn't make a ton of mistakes, was able to, to get the Broncos going in the second half. So a good performance from Brett Rippon who gets a win. Defensively, there are a lot of things that I could say while asking you a question, but I'm going to let you rattle off some of the highlights there for the defense today. What impressed you about that group? Yeah, I mean, Deshaun Williams, pressure along the defensive line. Justin Simmons, he's the, the Pro Bowl type guy. That's what you've been waiting for him yeah. to see the entire season. He essentially ends the game there by undercutting Trace McSorley. And then Pat Sertan, of course, does finish things off with another pick. They just played opportunistic football, Alexis. They they didn't let a backup quarterback and then a third-string quarterback beat them. And listen, it wasn't like they faced Kyler Murray out there, but you still got to go out there and do the job. You still got to stop these guys. They did that. Obviously, this team now has a little bit of momentum heading into this Christmas Day game in L.A. What do you want to see from this performance repeated next week? Well, I mean, I think one you've got to enjoy this. Yeah. It's been a tough stretch. I'm looking here. ahead, man. I know, I know <laughs> you got to go. enjoy this. Uh, a a five-game losing streak snapped. First yeah. win in the United States since way back in week three. I mean, Jeez. these guys have been working so hard. They've been playing with a lot of effort. It's just nice to see them get rewarded. And then they'll worry about next week, next week. But for now, you, you just got to enjoy this. All right, Eric, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. it. All right, Phil, we'll send it back over to you. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, the Broncos uh, beating the Arizona Cardinals 24-15. to Does it feel like this team maybe has turned a little bit of a corner here? Last week they put up 28 points. This week, 24 points. Are you seeing things a little bit clearer out there on that side? I think there's more positive things continuing to happen for the Denver Broncos, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, for weeks before the last two, I think you've seen a few positives, but you've seen a lot of negatives. I feel like now they're starting to stack the positive plays on top of each other, and they continue to get better. Um, does this mean that it's going to lead to more? I'm not sure. Nick, how do you feel? Do you feel like this is the turning point? Do you feel like this is where the rubber meets the road and they finally got it going? Or... Are they still in the progress of getting to that point? Well, they're still in the process of uh, getting to that point. Phil asked the question, have they turned a the corner? No, they haven't, but they're peeking around <laughs> the corner just to see who's around the corner. But, I mean, this, this team, let's, let's give them credit, man. They, they went out and played the past two weeks, and they get the victory uh, today. I know most people are not going to give them a lot of credit because it was against, uh, you know, four and nine uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, two, down two quarterbacks, down to the third quarterback. But it really doesn't make a difference. What you're looking for from a fan base is, are they making improvements? Are certain players, you know, standing up? I'm going to go back to Justin Simmons. That's his third interception in two games. And you look at the way the defense is playing. Randy Gregory came back, and I was still wondering, why is he coming back? I mean, is there a reason he's coming back? But he came back, and it was something that kind of fired up the team to go out there and play well. So they haven't really turned the corner yet, but they're just trying to get there a little bit. They, they're just kind of willing that thing, Phil, <laughs> with one arm. They're, they're trying to get there. They're in the turn lane they're waiting the for turn, the light. Yeah, they got the blinker on, yes. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay, okay. Well, let's go back out to Empower Field at Mile High and hear from the Broncos starting quarterback today, Brett Rippett. Yeah, I mean, I'm never one to like taking sacks. Um, you know, I think that's one of my better strengths as a quarterback is getting the ball out quick. And, uh, you know, 99 was a problem today. Like, just flat out, he <laughs> he came to play. And, um, you know, I thought our coaching staff did a great job of coming in at halftime, making adjustments. Um, you know, so we didn't really give him opportunities to make plays. Um, you know, getting the ball out quick, using the uh, bubbles and run alerts, to our advantage and uh you know just so proud of the guys man they did a great job as you start to get the running game established i mean how much of a difference does that make for you just in terms of being able to then you know be efficient in, oh in the passing game 
Yeah, you ask any quarterback, they're going to want to. They want the run game to be working because that puts another guy in the box. And um, you know, for us, we, we we came into this game plan knowing that they you know like to bring a lot of DB pressures. They like to use three off the edge and. Um, so, you know, my job was when he was doing that was to be able to get the ball out on the edge uh, to Jerry um, and some other guys on those bubble routes. So I thought we did a really good job of managing that, and I thought that helped the run game as well. But um, I can't say enough about the offensive line, man. Like, just they've been through so much this year, just a bunch of guys moving around different positions. Um, and then our running back room, you know, Tay and Marlin, guys that just literally came in here like four weeks ago and then come, coming out there and playing their butt off. So, um just so proud of those guys. Brett, on the uh, the touchdown, you kind of tucked it away there yeah. for a second. What's going on in your head? Are you like, I, I got to get yeah. rid of this as quickly as possible? How do you stay patient there? I got to give all the credit to Coach Hackett on that one because we have we've run that play for a while, and uh, we ran it in Friday on practice. And I kind of came out of it a little too early um, and got my head up for the, for the reasons that we were talking about. And he did a great job of coaching me up on that. And it was just saying, trust it, trust it, trust it. Like, your fake is going to make the play. Your fake is going to make the play. So we worked it last night. Um, and I, I worked it in my, in my hotel room Saturday night, like just really trying to work that fake, making sure that um, I got that guy to come up because Eric blocked out on the end. And really all we had to beat was the corner. And uh, just so happy that worked, man. So that's, that's great coaching, in my opinion. Brett, obviously, when a, when a team is three and ten, a lot of people outside a locker room say there's not a whole lot to play for. But but what can a win like this do for you guys at the end of the season here? And can you describe the emotions maybe in that locker room today? Yeah, I mean, there's always something to play for. Um, I know other people have their opinions, but for us, I mean, this is the NFL, man. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity that you're not going to be around for very long, even if you have a great career you may be around for eight to 12 years. So there's always something to play for. And I think that that attitude has never changed in our locker room. Like we got guys that want to go out there, we want to play hard, and we want to win every single week. Brett, kind of, I guess, in that same vein, if this is the last action you see, because Coach already said Russ is starting next week, how good is it that to end on a high note uh, after losing to the Jets and then you know coming up short last week? Yeah. And then how valuable was Russ as a resource? Yeah, you know, um, to end it like this, um, you know, barring any other things happening, knock on wood, but uh, it's awesome. I mean, that was my whole goal coming into this game. You know, when you're when you get a spot start like this, you don't really know what things are going to look like. You know, you haven't played in a minute. I got to get in last week, which was nice, but um, really the whole goal is just to go out there and try to find a way to win. And uh, to do that, you know, I just feel like we accomplished something great. So it's awesome. Uh, on the interception, uh, Coach Hackett said that he encouraged you to be aggressive and that you guys thought that they jumped on yep. that. Can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I thought I had a free play. So um, unfortunate situation there. Um, I think it's a great learning moment, you know, for me, like just pr more practicing those types of scenarios because we do work on that a lot, um, you know, where we get free plays. We're trying to take a shot down the field. But you also kind of got to make sure that they call it. So um, good learning moment. But... Yeah, also very unfortunate. So, right there, right. Uh, I just wanted to go back to I think it was Watts' first sack. He he was on you pretty good. Mm -hmm. Were you a little wobbly after that play? No, not at all. Thank you, Brett. Thanks.
That's uh, Broncos starting quarterback today, Brett Rippon, uh, making his third career start, picking up his second career win. So a nice job by uh, Rip there. Uh, I kind of like the way he talks about the game. Like he's a little bit more open. It tells you exactly what happened there. Uh, I liked how he broke down that touchdown to Eric Tomlinson because, you know, for a quarterback, he gets sacked seven times in this game. To sell that fake, his back is toward the defense a lot for a long time there. Uh, and he said that was just great coaching. Yeah, I would have. I wouldn't have uh, trusted. <laughs> it took that fake as long as he did. I think that was a good job of, uh, by him. But I don't know. I'd be a little bit too nervous that uh, JJ Watt was coming for me again. I probably would have threw it early. Well, that's a great part about being a quarterback, and especially using play action, is the fact that you have to be a great actor. And sometimes that we've seen, if you're a quarterback for the Denver Broncos. You have to be willing to sacrifice a little something. And, and, and I agree with Todd. I, I don't know what was going through uh, Brett Rippon's mind, but just based on the fact that what happened to Russ and what's happening to him in the game, I don't know if I would have been as willing to turn my back to the defense of the Arizona Cardinals, especially J.J. Watts. But it ended up great for uh, the Broncos. Eric Thomason got his first touchdown of, of the season, and the Broncos emerged victorious. Yeah, uh, he said that he was practicing that in his hotel room. I mean, is that what it's like on Saturday nights? I mean, you're at the team hotel. Are things just running through your mind over and over and over? Yeah, especially if you're getting an opportunity to start or be in a position that you haven't been in for weeks. Um, you should be running through every single play that you have. Um, I'm sure he's calling out plays, running through it like in the huddle, like all 11 guys are there, um, you know, calling out cadences, checking plays. I think he's doing everything he can. He's treating it like it's a full game. He run, he may run through the entire play script just to make sure that he's ready to go. I used to do it as an inside linebacker, making sure I'm ready to go, knowing all my keys, knowing all my assignments. So that's important. I think the day before the game is your last time to study. I think every game is like a final. So you get one last time to cram it in, try to get as much in as you can so that you're ready to go. It's about that, that visual, being able to see plays before they actually happen. And sometimes it's great for players to be able to do this. Sit in your room as quiet as just you. You just kind of go through the game plan of the week. What plays are you going to be in? What you saw in practice? What could cause you issues? And for me, when I play, I would get to the stadium like uh, like two hours early. You know that early, you had the early bus? Mm -hmm. I would just get there like on the early, early bus to just to walk the field, just kind of to stand there and just kind of look around and say, okay, well, here's my position. If they give me these types of routes, this is how I'll defend them. So maybe this is something that Brett should use moving forward and maybe get shared with his teammates because you definitely have to visualize plays before you actually run them. You are on the bus with the equipment guys and everybody else like <laughs> yes, that? Yes, every, that's, that's how I got a chance to know the equipment guys so well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that play uh, worked because the Broncos' run game was uh, rocking and rolling here today against the Cardinals. Uh, Sidney Jones on the field here with Latavius Murray. The Broncos get the win here at home. Final score, 24-15. Big reason for that is this guy right here, running back Latavius Murray. Latavius, just to start, what does it mean to finally get back in the win column here? It feels good. You know, we, we, uh, we're going to trust and believe, keep working. Uh, this was a team win for sure. Defense, offense, special teams, it came together. So, you know, we got the win. That's what it's about. Yeah, the offense got rolling in the second half. What really changed in the third quarter here? Yeah, I think we was able to run the ball efficiently. We stuck with it, uh, and that obviously opened up the rest of the game plan. So uh, hats off to the O-line, you know, moving parts up front, and we was able to run the ball. Latavius, you finished tonight with 130 rushing yards, one touchdown. What was working so well for you and just this run game in general? Yeah, just uh, trusting it. Uh, again, up front, and them guys blocking everybody and uh, giving us some open lanes, and we just made it, uh, you know, made it work. 
I got to ask one about this defense. Three interceptions, three sacks. What did you like about their performance tonight? I liked it all. They've been doing it all year, obviously. Uh, they kept us in this game. They kept us in a lot of games. So uh, we finished this one. Broncos country, give it up one more time for Latavius Murray. Kind of a cool deal there where that's uh, played on the Jumbotron uh, inside the stadium as well. Uh, let's talk about the defensive side a little bit here. They say turnovers come in bunches, and they certainly have here the last couple of weeks for the Broncos. Yeah, they're coming in bunches. Um, this is how you win games. The turnover battle is huge. Uh, we would talk about it the day before every game. If you win the turnover battle, you're almost 80% likely to win the game. So for the Broncos to continue to get, get the ball from these opposing quarterbacks, that's how they're going to be successful. That's one thing. In other weeks, when the, when the defense was even playing well, they weren't getting turnovers to really drive it home and give the offense great field position to get, get touchdowns when they were struggling. And now they're doing it, and the offense is, is capitalizing, and it's working out very well for them. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, they're doing their job. Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, they continue to shut down the run game, putting pressure on opposing offense to throw the ball. And when that happens, I mean, either PS2 is getting his hand on the ball, and today Justin Simmons got his hand on two balls. And his was a problem when the Broncos were going through their troubles, not winning games. They were not winning the turnover battle. I know we saw a game where the Broncos won a turnover battle against Baltimore still didn't win the game. But when your defense, they're able to get you extra possessions and put you on a short field, that bodes well for, for your offense. So, once again, this defense is doing something that we all have come to, you know, really familiar with. But now they have to continue to finish the season. And, and especially in those close games, the Broncos played so many close games this season. A turnover here or there could really make a, a difference. And uh, Justin Simmons had two today. And then PS2 late in the game uh, locked up this victory with his uh, second interception of the season. Uh, Nick, you mentioned this earlier in the show, uh, Randy Gregory's return back to the field here for the Broncos. Todd, what do you think about what he was able to do out there after uh, he hadn't played since that Raiders game on week four? Yeah, he was on a limited snap count, but I think it was great for him to be out there uh, with the team. When you get one of your players back that you know is an impact player who's pivotal, pivotal to you guys' success, um, it brings a different kind of energy um, to the game. And I think you saw that in the way the defense was playing. They played very well. I think he brought energy to the game. And uh, the longer he's back, the more of an impact he will have. So good to see him back on the field. He hasn't played since week four. So it's been a long time, but I'm glad to see him back on the field. Yeah, I was a little concerned with that because when you get a guy back who hadn't played in a while, you worry about soft tissue injuries. And hamstring injuries have been a problem for the Denver Broncos, but you're right. He came out there, he brought a little juice, something that the defense uh, needed an extra boost. And when anytime you have an extra pass rusher out there, it definitely helps you out. So that helps the rotation as well. But also we saw Nick Benito out there. And when you get Randy Gregory back, you can't help if you are a competitive person. You want to go out there, you want to make plays. But for Gregory, he wanted to make sure that, hey, listen, Broncos country, I know coming in, everyone thought I had a bunch of injuries. They paid me a lot of money. I want to show you that, hey, I'm not going to sit here and collect this check. I'm going to go out there and try to play the game with my, my, with my teammates. So I was happy to see him back out there. Yeah, a tricky situation there because he has had a lot of injury concerns in his past there. And so you want him to be healthy going into the offseason. But also, 
you mentioned it, Nick, that you're sort of looking and evaluating these guys almost like it's a preseason game. And when Gregory's on one side, then you get a better evaluation of a Baron Browning or a Nick Benito or Jonathan Cooper, right? Yeah, I think so, because um, then you get to see what it's like when you have two dominant edge rushers. You get to see them one-on-one uh, -on -one with the tackle because they may have to chip to Randy Gregory now. Um, and those two guys, uh, Jonathan Cooper and Baron Browning, I think have both been playing great. Um, they're both young, but they've been showing that they are uh, – both great young players and they can bring a lot to the table so I know with them with Randy Gregor coming back they want to put their best foot forward because like you said Nick their snaps are going to now be limited so let me do what I can while I can still play let me get as many sacks as I can so they're putting their best foot forward but I think they're playing well yeah you want to make sure man I mean this is a game of competition and those two young guys got an opportunity to play with Bradley Chubb being traded and Randy Gregory being out you still want to make sure you're taking steps in the right direction and say hey listen I know these guys were considered to be starters, and Randy Gregory is, and Bradley Chubb is gone, but now you're competing for who's going to be that number two guy opposite Randy Gregory, and you want to use this time to make that debate for yourself and plant that flag and say, hey, don't count me out just yet. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, here's uh, Randy Gregory inside the Broncos locker room talking about uh, his return to the field. It's going to be big. Like I said, it's, um, you know, for us to, to – Everyone at every level is, is somewhat new, um, new to each other. And so, you know, to be able to go out there and, and kind of put, put the pieces in the right place. Like I said, I know we've been hurt a lot. Uh, and, you know, guys have had to step up. But, um, you know, it's part of the NFL. And like I said, I think that's going to help us as far as evaluating, you know, maybe for the front office as far as going into the offseason. And then um, self-evaluation, you know, for yourself being able to go out there. Y'all can shut up. And, uh, you know, be able to look at yourself and uh, figure out what you need to get better at in the offseason. Funny to see uh, Randy Gregory out there. He's got a big personality, huh? Yes, he does. It's nice to have uh, some guys like that. Uh, you know, guys who are, like, just established in this league that are, like, confident and they're able to uh, bring some of that energy to the Broncos' uh, locker room there. Uh, guys, uh, one of the things that Brett Riffin was saying earlier was just how – uh, Hackett coached him up on that play and he, he really made it a point to say this was good coaching and we've talked about it on this show before just how much these guys are still playing hard out there uh, it seems like they really are, are responding to whatever Nathaniel Hackett's telling them right now yeah we've talked about it a couple of times how much they value him and his opinion and of course his coaching I think that they um, like him as a coach he's a players coach so they find a bond and a chemistry with him um, they've been with I've been with other coaches and, I'm, and I know a lot of those other guys in the locker room been, have been with coaches that don't understand you don't get you as a person can't have a conversation with you one-on-one -on -one. so when you find a coach like that and shows you that he cares about you is going to take the extra time to make sure that you can play better you want to keep that guy around I think that's why they're playing so hard right now they've heard all the rumors they've heard all the noise they want to keep coach Hackett around because they value him um, so much you know what? We didn't really hear, you know, players talk about uh, Vic Fangio in this particular way. <clears throat> so this is why this is important that Brett Rippon and other players are constantly tossing this out. They, they know about, they've heard about the conversation, whether Coach Hag is going to survive next year or not. But believe it or not, there are so many guys in that locker room that not only love, you know, Coach Hackett as a person, they love him as a coach to constantly push that narrative like, hey, that's great coaching. That, these are the players telling you exactly the way they feel about the coaching staff, including Coach Hackett, because they're around him every single day. 
And when you're just watching, though, like you, you're not sure what's what's been wrong. You know, like the Broncos obviously at four and ten, not where they want to be, not with all the expectations, and so you're not quite sure. Like, okay, what is it that's not working? And uh, I think it's easy to just sort of generalize things and just be like, oh, it's all this, it's all this, it's all that. But then when you hear these cool little moments where it's like, hey, no, this was what Coach Hackett was telling me to do, and then it translated right to the game and it led to a touchdown. That that gets the buy-in, right, Todd? It definitely does, and it makes you wonder, okay, so if it's not, you know, Coach Hackett and his coaching, okay, now let me think about the different, you know, options where um, the problem could be. Um, I think the biggest problem has been the injuries, but then again, that's me speculating. It could be something else, but I'm, I'm safe to say that it's not the players having a problem with Coach Hackett. Yeah, yeah, I mean – it seems like there's a lot of buy-in still there. Yeah, and that's uh, so important when it comes to coaching and coaching on this particular level. What's the level of buy-in? And when it comes to the style of coaching that, you know, Coach Hackett employs, the question is, well, is he being too nice with his players? Uh, Todd alluded to it. Hey, he's a player's coach. You need someone to come in and yell and scream. And I'll tell you what, I've had those coaches in my career, and I'm not going to say that those coaches will get the most out of the players. So, for me, this is just a learning opportunity for both the players and Coach Hackett, and maybe that's a possibility he survives this whole situation and we get a chance to see what he can really do in 2023. Yeah, like, like we said, 4-10, not good enough, but if you look back at all these little things, the injuries, the one-score games, the little things here and there, uh, that's why they're 4-10, and 10, but it's, it's been a lot of those types of things that have led uh, for the Broncos uh, to be at this position. Let's go back inside the Broncos locker room and hear from Jerry Judy. Thanks, Phil. We are here with wide receiver Jerry Judy. Jerry, first off, I mean, how good does it feel to finally get the win? Oh, it feels real good, you know. Uh, it, it was a long time, long time coming, so, you know, finally get a victory under our belt, it feels it feel pretty good. Yeah, we've seen the chemistry that you and Brett Rippon have just, you know, over the past couple of years. We saw that again tonight. What do you think about, you know, just his overall performance and this offense's performance? You know, Brett is a very talented quarterback, very smart. You know, like I said, um, a week's prior, you know, he's a great quarterback, always prepared um, week in, week out, you know, in his offense. We did, we didn't, we didn't start off how we wanted to in the first half, you know, second half we, we made an adjustment and we came back and did our thing, you know, hats off to them. Yeah, what was that adjustment you guys made at halftime? What'd you guys talk about? Um, just being more physical, just um, one play at a time, you know, so that's what we did. We just focused one play at a time and just execute our plays. We got to talk about this defense, too. I mean, three interceptions, three sacks. What would you like about what they were able to do out there tonight? Man, I just love the way they just compete each and every day, just giving us opportunities as an offense to go out there and make plays, you know. And, man, they just – the defense, man, just crazy, man. Just crazy. Jerry, I know you guys are eliminated from the playoffs, but this is, does this give you guys momentum just to finish the season out strong here? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's tough that we ain't being able to um, play for a playoff spot, but at the same time, you know, it's football, so we just got to finish off the season strong to um, have a son else start off next year. Jerry, appreciate your time always. Congrats on the win. All right, thank you. Phil, back to you. Uh, the Jerry Judy, uh, seven catches, 76 yards in this one. Uh, he continues to uh, really shine here. And the Broncos are missing three of their top four wideouts. But he seems to be able to produce every game here. Yeah, he's doing a great job. And I think he really helped uh, Brett Rippin out tonight. All the throws that Brett made to him, he was wide open. He created so much separation that he was able to put the ball on him, and he didn't have to 
put in a position to where he had to make a contested throw and then him have to make a contested catch. Um, he was wide open and ready for it. And then also on the screen, in the screen game, they were giving the ball to him quick and he was able to make, you know, run after the catch, make people miss. He's a very good player. He doesn't get enough credit. And I feel like they need to continue to put the ball in his hands. Um, and when they do, good things happen. The one thing I think about when I think about Jerry Judy, especially here's a guy who's been criticized, highly criticized for being a top draft choice and not living up to those expectations. And basically what we've seen in the past two games from Jerry Judy, he's telling all his critics, if you sleeping on me, I hope you tossing and turning because he's proven exactly that he can go out and he can be extraordinary wide receiver if he's put in a proper position and then he's actually throwing the ball. Yeah, I mean, he just needs the targets, and then it, it, this, this looks like what he's able to do, especially uh, playing in that X position uh, on the other side there. Uh, let's talk about the injuries uh, a little bit, though, here, with, especially with the offensive line. Uh, we saw Dalton Reisner leave this game for a little bit, was able to come back, but then we heard from Nathaniel Hackett. Tom Compton left with a, a back injury. Of course, he missed the, the entire season with this back issue. And then uh, Quinn Miners got poked in the eye early on. Uh, it, it's beginning to be sort of comical now, I mean, what's happening up there. Yeah, it's like there's so many moving pieces and, and parts every single game. Um, I mean, my hat's off to these guys that try and find a way. They're playing new positions. They're trying to make things work. Um, Glasgow has played center and guard. He may have to play tackle at some point. <laughs> Who knows? Um, they're doing everything they can to make these pieces work. But when you don't have an offensive line that's able to gel and come together and play together for long periods of time, you're not going to get the production that you want. And you look at Latavius Murray and him being able to run for 130 yards tonight, just think if he had a consistent offensive line and they were able to really gel and come together, how well they could do in their running game, pass protection. They're missing a key piece of their offense with the O-line having so many moving pieces. Uh, hopefully that's something they get worked out in the offseason so that guys can be healthy the whole season. Well, I'm really concerned about this offensive line because Coach Haggard was asked a question tonight. What's going to happen next week against uh, the Rams? Will it be Brett Rippon or will it be Russell Wilson? And he was adamant about his decision. It's going to be Russell. So do you want to put Russell in a situation where we saw Dalton Reisner, you know, go out, he came back in, but he was dealing with an injury. Then Quinn Miners with the eye injury, Tom Compton with the back. I don't know if I want to put Russ out there and say, hey, listen, we're going to put uh, Luke Wattenberg at the right guard position. And, hey, take care. It's all on you. I don't know if you want to do that with Russ. So I'm really concerned about these injuries and how it's going to affect the Broncos moving forward. They already banged up. Natani Muti. He was shipped off. Well, he, not, he wasn't shipped off, but he was picked up off the practice squad and played with the Raiders today. How is this going to affect the offensive line that's been a kind of musical chair type of group? How is it going to affect them moving forward? They're going to have to move some stuff around just to be able to uh, play uh, next week. And, uh, you know, a ground game will certainly help to uh, make uh, the Rams feel a little bit off balance. Uh, for one last time, let's go back out to Empower Field at Mile High and hear from Justin Simmons and his two interceptions today. Sorry, I'm going to collect my thoughts for a second. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, the first one, um, kind of like a, we call it like Dover, you know, like two guys kind of running across the field, running away from coverage. And uh, uh, I saw the ball kind of sail a little bit. And um, I haven't obviously got a chance to watch the film, but when plays like that typically happen, um, it's either, you know, uh, a defender's like on the body of the receiver which affects the throw or, you know, our, our rush, which was kind of getting after them all day, um, you know, affects the quarterback's throw. And so 
you know, I always talk about it, but plays like that are a culmination of, uh, you know, really great defense and then just, you know, executing, you know, last second in the back end. So that was the first one. The second one, um, <clears throat> really great communication before the play. Uh, I think really set us up for success. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I was just matching the receiver. And once again, I think uh, when, when you, your rush is getting after it, um, it hurries the quarterback's clock up a little bit. And um, I'm you know, just able to make a play. Um, you know, I wish I would have scored. That would have been fun. But it's really cool seeing Eric score. Uh, I think they were saying that was his first time you know, scoring in a while. So that was really cool. I was happy for him. And I thought it was a great team effort today, great team win, special teams down that. Uh, punt, I think, like inside the 10, um, you know, late in the game there. And that was huge for us in that two-minute situation. Obviously, Pat was able to close it out, so it was big. And then to get to five picks again, third year in a row, despite the, the lack of team success and the injuries you've dealt with, I mean, do you feel like today was kind of a another stamp, like, hey, I'm still here as, as one of the elite safeties? Yeah, I, you know, <clears throat> obviously it's been a weird year, but my, my confidence never wavers. I think a big part of that is – um, the coaches, you know, speaking life, um, you know, over me. And I got a bunch of great guys in the locker room that are always confident, um, you know, in my abilities and what I can do. And I have the utmost confidence in myself. And I know it has been a tough season, you know, for us as a team. And, um, you know, the most important thing is just to find a way to win. So I'm just really happy, you know, in front of our fans, we were able to pull together um, a nice team win today. You know, offense really came out in the second half and did such a good job moving the ball. Um, you know, they ran a bunch of time off the clock there at the end. And uh, like I said, special teams down that inside. I mean, that's big. Instead of, you know, starting on like the 20, 25, ball goes in the end zone, um, whatever the case may be, you know, we were able to down it, you know, pretty far. And, you know, you make them go the whole length of the field with no timeouts against our defense. You know, I like us. And so um, I just love that the team effort there today. And I think that's, uh, you know, what we need to do these, you know, last three games of the season. <clears throat> Yeah, you guys were able to dominate in all three phases in the second half as a defense. You guys obviously have been really good this entire season. How happy are you for the special teams and the offense? And then, you, like you said, you guys being able to pull it up together in the second half. Yeah, no, I was ecstatic. <clears throat> I mean, um, you know, that's what we've, we've kind of struggled to do most of the year. You know, there's games where the defense, um, you know, strings together a couple good series. There's games the offense strings together a couple good series. And it just seems like sometimes we weren't able to kind of, and special teams too, and we weren't able to kind of like bring it all together. Um, you know, a lot of the games this year came down to one score games, and those are the difference makers. And so uh, today, I just thought we did a great job. Like, could it easily, you know, after we gave up that long drive, uh, you know, to the Cardinals to make it uh, almost, you know, within striking distance again. Um, offense came out, got a couple first downs, ran a bunch of time off the clock. Special teams downed it, and then we were able to come out. Like, that's a great job of a team effort of closing out that game. So just really excited about that and excited to kind of have that momentum carry on next week to the, uh, to the Rams. <clears throat> Justin Latif. That's Broncos safety Justin Simmons pulling off the sweater look, huh? Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he's looking good. You know, Justin, before I played with him early in his career, he may have came in a hoodie or something. You know, most guys don't get dressed up for home games. So they get dressed up just maybe like T-shirt or something like that. He came in a double-breasted, you know, with the chain underneath. <laughs> Coached him up. You can't hide money, man. He looks good. He looks good. <laughs> uh, how about Justin Simmons? I mean, when he is playing like this back there, it really, I mean, it makes the whole defense really work. 
I think I think he's been playing to his strength these last two games. Um, I think in other parts of the season he's had to play a little bit more man coverage than he would like. Now he's playing zone. He's able to roam as that free safety and get his hands on uh, on those uh, balls and interceptions. That's what he does best when he's able to roam. It's like the ball almost finds him, like it's looking for him, um, and he's able to make big plays and big picks. So when he plays to his strengths and plays his kind of game, he's going to have a great game. And I hope for him to have more success. He's a he's a great man and a great leader. Um, it sucks that he hasn't had the seasons he's wanted to, you know, at the team, although he's had individual success, hopefully the team gets winning more so he can get more accolades and even put on a bigger stage because he is one of the best safeties in the league. Yeah, he's one of the more underrated guys in, in, in the NFL from a safety standpoint. I know the Cardinals have uh, uh, Buda Baker, but, you know, the Broncos have Justin Simmons. And if you're Jiro Evero, you love having a guy like Justin Simmons. Todd, you said he's a great guy in the community. He's a smart guy. And you saw on that interception, they were running what I believe kind of is a run-robber type of play out of cover two. And you get a chance to come down and you cut the wide receiver. And he was able to get that interception off Trace McSorley. These are the type of things that you need your veteran players to do. But you're absolutely right, Todd. It's about time that the Broncos actually had a winning season and got to the playoffs with a guy like, you know, Justin Simmons and just kind of reward him for everything that he does for this team. But hell of a player for this organization. I thought that Justin was going to score. What happens when these defensive guys, when you guys get the ball in your hand, I mean, what happens? Panic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sometimes you're tired and you're just trying to look for the sideline. You look for the guy that's closest to you just so he can tackle you so you can fall on the ground. But when you like you play PS2 or you play with guys like Champ, those guys are used to scoring, so they're trying to score. Sometimes they even push you out of the way. <laughs> yeah, hey, toss me the ball. Toss me the ball. Yes. Lateral it. And I don't think you guys like getting tackled either. It's like not natural. No, it's not as fun as tackling somebody. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely not the same. Uh, I like to say that I scored. I have a pick six, you know, in the NFL. I got home one time. Humble brag. Humble brag. But um, you had a celebration ready or no? I did the night before. I like practice. You practiced in your room. I did. I was ready. I did the practice. It that's all what, comes full that's circle. What, that's what happened, and it all worked out. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's uh, let's wrap up a little bit here. Uh, just the Broncos Christmas Day game next week against the Rams. If they really truly turned the corner here what do they need to show next week uh, they need to show a dominant win I think they need to come out and run the ball once again um, I think another pl hundred plus yard game for Latavius Murray will really show that the Broncos have turned the corner I think the, you know the Broncos have a great chance on defense to show another dominant game against a backup quarterback um, so if they were able to do those two things I think that really shows that they have turned a corner and building momentum for next year that's the biggest thing they want to do right now is you know the season's not over but there's no hope for playoffs you have to build momentum so that you have the confidence that you can be successful going into next year for me is uh, the continue to use your tight ends use them in the passing game Use them in a run game. We saw it today because, you know, Brett Rivers was under so much uh, duress that we saw the outside running game. If it's an outside stretch, if it's a toss game, utilize that, and then you can set up all the boots and the waggles and the keepers for Russell Wilson. Once again, taking the pressure off of him, giving him easy throws to either Jerry Judy or Greg Dosage. That's what I want to see on Sunday. When this team scores in the 20s, they're going to have success. I mean, with this defense that they have on the other side, you heard uh, Jerry Judy just say, this, they're crazy. You know, that's what, yeah. that's what he was saying out there. So uh, the Broncos get a much-needed win, 24-15 to over the Arizona Cardinals and improve to 4-10 and on the season. That is going to do it for us, for Nick Ferguson and Todd Davis. I am Phil Milani. This has been Broncos Post Game Live.